Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Good morning and welcome to everybody. A tremendous appreciation for Hever coming back, coming home. It means a lot that guys are here. I would like to describe an aspect of the yeshiva that will start what we'll do together. We're going to have all different Rebbeim speak this morning on two topics. The topic of going, returning home. I don't love the word Ben Azmanim. We have to remember there are things, Pesach is, is in the Torah. There are things that are organic and natural and a mitzios, a real mitzios. Zmanim Ben Azmanim is man-made. A, don't get confused. It's a, there's no such thing. Zman, Ben Azmanim. We get Pesach. We, we made up our own terms. I can call this. So we made up this cute term, Zman, Ben It's Gishmak. It's fun. It's fun to do human construct. But don't ever lose your, your parents, your siblings. It's funny. You say, Ben Azmanim, be good to your brother. That like makes me cringe. Ben Azmanim was a human invention. Being a brother is from God, is a, is a real thing. Don't confuse. So I don't like using, we're not talking about preparing for Ben Azmanim. There's no such thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like giving to that. There's our, our life. There's Chaim. I don't know. Zman, Ben There's Chaim. There's life. I want to talk about two topics today preparing to go home. That's a topic of our life. We're sons, we're brothers, we're family members. That would be a topic that would be worthy of discussing. And to discuss Pesach, and I've asked Rebbeim to share, and we'll go around in a few minutes and hear from Rebbeim on those two topics. Again, nobody's going to talk about Ben Azman. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about going home, family. That's one topic, family, what, what people returning home. And, and a second, for sure, there's such a thing also, for sure. There's Chaveirim, there's Rebbeim, there's a Metzios. And, there's, and we're going to talk about also, and, and we'll talk about the Chag of Pesach that, of course, Klal Yisrael is mobilizing towards. I want to I speak about an Akuda of the Yeshiva, and you'll hear towards this thing of returning home. I'd like to share this with everybody. The school system, which is, which is it's all us. There's no, there's no us and them. There's something called schools. And what happens in schools often is we try to get people to be something. The word contrived, we try to get people to be masmidim, get people to be daveners. And the youngster in the school tries to like break himself. He looks around, he sees the guy who like is very studious. And he tries to become as studious as that guy, become as rigid as that. And he's trying always to break himself. And certainly in life, there's a lot of avayda. There's something called shviras hamidas. There's, there's some reality to that, to working on oneself. But of course, the grass says the purpose of life is to be mishapar hamidas. There's such a thing for certain. What often happens is we have a very unnatural, inauthentic person, and that affects his learning and his davening and his whole avaydas achayim. A guy trying to be something. He's trying hard to be something. It affects, I don't trust somebody like that in learning. 
because learning is a very organic, what do you think? I can feel, when a guy asks a kasha, guys speak in yeshiva, I can feel you weren't bothered by that kasha, you lied. So right, a shvera kasha, you weren't, you weren't bothered by it, it's not true. It's not true, you're not honest with yourself. You were not bothered by that kasha. You felt in the base medrash that some people told you, like, that's, that's a good kasha, that one will sell. You found a ktsais, like it has a good name. You weren't bothered by that kasha. And in Tyre and Tfila, the most thing is organic, is you. Bring you. Who are you? Your question. Don't be bothered by somebody else's kasha. Your question. Your thoughts. Your own, your relationship to Tyre. And what we have, what we're zaycheh to in this yeshiva akdaisha, is that the stress in the yeshiva is honest and authentic. It's not trying to twist yourself to be something. Of, it's, it's the discovery of self and, of course, pushing, of course. But from the place of discovery of self, in a very comfortable, healthy, wholesome way, I'm me, and I'm only me. And from that place, of course, we all have things to work on and pushing in Asmada, but from within my Asmada, my connection to prayer, my connection to Tyrum, the cash I'm bothered by, not the populist question, not the populist way of understanding, an honest, authentic, personal attachment to Tyrum and Yiddishkeit. There's a tremendous stress, the word organic, natural, authentic, is tremendously part of the experience. We don't celebrate here. We don't, it's almost frustrating to some. You could tell in a yeshiva who's given the big covet, who's the, so the great accomplishment of the yeshiva is get a guy to a certain yeshiva. No, 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 no. We celebrate authenticity. Somebody who embraced his own story and made a beautiful, comfortable, healthy attachment to Yiddishkeit. I'm going to say a name. I beg you, I promise you, I'm not trying to get some cheer. I, and I know when you say a name, it's like a price to pay here. And, and make me pray the price. Don't make me pray the price. I don't care. I'm going to say a name. Decide whatever you want to do. That's good. Be you. But I'm going to say a name I only want to bring out. That we're not about to get to a certain yeshiva so that, that's inauthentic. We're about an authentic place. A guy attaches to Yiddishkeit. An authentic to Torah, to prayer, an authentic journey of attaching to Yiddishkeit. That's what we want. It's a deep self-acceptance. A deep. You're good. Guys ask. I don't do it on purpose. I'm always catching myself saying I'm proud of you. And guys are so honest. What are you proud of? I'm just impressed. But what did I do? You came from a secular school system. You have to do. What do you have to do? You're a soul. I'm knocked over. What do you have to do? It's not true. It's not true. We're souls. So what am I promoting that a guy should lie in bed all day? No, if we knew who we were, we'd be on, we become on fire to do. Because we're, because we're powerful and have a lot to share and give. Is there work to do? Of course. But authentic, honest, real, that's within I'm going to say a name. I have to say a name. I'm, I'm describing something. I'm pointing to a name. I want you to hear what I'm talking about. And those that know him will know if you don't know him. So it's your loss. Get to know him. 
but I want to describe something. And I'm saying a name costing the, 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 the momentum of this speech, of what I want to say, because I need to like point to what I'm saying. I'm going to say you did your grandstand, of course. And, I want the guys here from different places who don't even know who he is. If you don't know who he is, then listen to what I was just saying and describing. I'm describing an authentic journey. You can, from your place, you don't have to be a certain, a certain thing. You don't have to say a certain word. From you, from you, you can attach to Tyra, to Tefillah. That's, that's what the journey is supposed to be, authentic and real and comfortable and powerful and deep. That's what the journey is supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to look like. Do you know when you were a youngster and your Rebbe said about something, isn't it geschmack? And you're in the back of the class like, oh gosh, he finds his geschmack. And your thoughts like, is there a day I could say, isn't this geschmack? You'll only be able to say that you can pretend something and say, I found something and you could play the game. Wasn't Kishmak, you didn't have a question. Don't try to say, your Rebbe could say, uh, you might not like the Kashas, then fine. Have your questions, your own journey, your own curiosity. You, you can have your own real journey in Tyra. A real journey in Tyra where you study, you read the Amr, and it could be magical because it's your journey, your connection to Tyra, your connection. It can run extremely deep to the essence of your soul. So the aside of the yeshiva is a lot of self-acceptance first. I'm not, I refuse to pretzelize myself for what you want. Self-acceptance. A deep and profound awareness of my own innate goodness. We're souls. No, it's just true. Neshama, 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 neshama. It's true. Nobody's broken. We're, there's a place that we're very, very, very whole. From that place, in a growth and a steiging and a development comfortably, healthily, a profound... We talk a lot about connection, relationship to Tyra to tefillah, to other people. The, the, the nekudas of the yeshiva are a deep self-acceptance, a very comfortable, healthy, targeted growth, but hard work and diligence, but comfortably me, not, what, not, not for him or for them. Comfortably me, and then self-acceptance of the next person. And then accepting the next person, I love it. We speak about ayin taiv. We speak about kindness. We speak about the acknowledgement of the other. Anybody who has this view of self, if you try to pretzelize yourself to be you're not, you're all competing. You can't look at the other guy as good either. He's your competition. If you understand this sense of self, this healthy sense of self, he is wonderful also. He is beautiful too. A self-acceptance and then an appreciation for another. Positivity. In a world where I'm like built right, where I'm not trying to like be what I'm not. It's, I don't know how you could be optimistic and positive. You're not, life is, 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 hope, is hopeless. Life is hope. Will I ever be? Will I ever really enjoy that cashier that I say I enjoy? 
you, you, it's a path to nowhere. The yeshiva, a self-acceptance, hard work and developing my own relationship that's authentic and real. To Tyra, to Tfila, to Hashem. In acceptance of another person, there's a tremendous positivity in that. I find things work. I work. I was built right. I was built right. My journey, my story is right. I acknowledge from the place of my story, I get to all the places I need. From the place of my honest story, all my relationships develop and flow from there. I'm not trying to be somebody. I'm actually like accepting and appreciating my soul was put here with my journey, working through. A guy in Yeshiva described to me, I came here to Steig, I'm so frustrated, I came here to Steig about a month or two after, like six weeks after, I came here to Steig, Russia. I said, well, I hear, I hear. well, it must be very hard. Fine. I listened to him, and I listened, didn't say anything. I heard him out. Later that night, he was in a huge fight with a friend. He described to me this fight, they got into a serious fight, it was a serious they had a disagreement and we worked the sogya hard but we learned it he understood his perspectives and they made shalom in a beautiful way but real his perspective his friend's perspective and they made a beautiful shalom I, I, I hope what he learns I didn't point it out to the guy now he's still frustrated he came here to stay <laughs> I hope he learned that the, your journey is your shtaiki. Do, you know, do you know how many sugyas he learned that night? It was ironic. The day was like frustrated six weeks. I came to shtaig. Then he had an Indian with his friend at the Eon Rav, learning himself, understanding his friend he worked through. I wonder the next day, I haven't heard from him since if he's frustrated. He learned the sugya and nailed the sugya and developed. And of course, will continue to develop and learn. The words of the yeshiva, self-acceptance, honesty, connection to Torah, sincerely, through my story, not despite my story, through my story, acceptance of the next person, positivity, optimism. These are words of the yeshiva. These are ideals and values that live in our base medrash. What I want to beg every guy in going home... Please not, the word Benazmanim, you made up that word. Pesach's a real word. Benazmanim was a man. Show me in the Torah. Show me a Pasuk about Benazmanim. Benazmanim is a cute word. We call things, if I called these five minutes, somebody told me that the Chavetz Chaim only opened his store, Benazdarim. I, I I'm looking in the Torah. The Seder that's in the, there is something called the Seder. We make Pesach night. Ben I'm sure he wasn't having a Seder while he was in his store. These are all human construct. Now it's good to have the human construction of Zmanim and Sedarim. Those are good human constructs. Those are very helpful human constructs, but human constructs. I'm talking about the sugi of returning home. And what I beg guys is to bring home. It's difficult. Bring yourself home and your values home. You've learned something here. Bring your self-acceptance to your home and accept your brother and your sister. Bring home what you got here. Bring it home. There's people create, we discussed, there's no them. Bring it to your shul. Bring it to your sixth grade Rebbe. Bring it to your tenth grade Rebbe. Acceptance of self and acceptance of him. Warmth positivity, an understanding of who you are, an understanding of who he is. Bring that home. 
go home and be that for your brother. Be what to my brother that I accept myself and as such accept him. Be that for your younger brother. Be that for your younger sister. Be that for your shul. Go to your shul and accept people. Be a person who accepts himself. None of this day stuff, none of this outsider stuff. It's only us, Klal Yisrael. And all of Klal Yisrael, we need this. We're a nation, one people. There's no them. Don't bring it to them. That's a human construct. It's the same nonsense. Bring it to us. Go home and in your shul, accept yourself and accept the guy next to you. If he's the best davener and he's the rav and he's the frumist shuckler to the talker in the back, to the guy who doesn't come in, either one, accept yourself, bring that home. Bring that to your shul. It's all us. Bring that to your community. Bring that to your friends. Acceptance of self and an acceptance of others, of people. There was once a Yid who came to Yeshiva, his son came to Yeshiva many years ago. This is before, today there'll be no Chiddush. Today, every guy here, your parents are in Yeshiva. It's viewed that way. It's viewed. Your parents, your sisters in this Yeshiva. It's viewed that way. But there was a day when we didn't understand that. And a man brought his son, a beautiful Yid. He brought his son to Yeshiva. He was here about three months and left. Now the kid got worlds in those three months. He had gone through a lot in his life and he got worlds in the three months, but he couldn't sustain. It was too difficult. He couldn't develop a schedule. He was bored and he left in three months. Anxiety, he left. The father was sabrach and he liked the yeshiva. And the father at an age we weren't doing this, was, there were no, we didn't have the tzaddikim today. The nachams, the, the, all the chevra today that are putting out the Torah. So this, 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 this was a day you couldn't access the Torah of the yeshiva. This father was a busy man, hardworking man, would drive to yeshiva to hear shiurim after his kid left. He started getting recordings when it wasn't as easy to get. He was getting recordings. He decided I'm making my home the yeshiva. His son was not in a Jewish school after he left us. And he decided he's making his home the yeshiva. He learned the Torah of the yeshiva. His son today is a chash of a chash of a masman in the mere yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. Because the man made his home the yeshiva. He made his home. His son couldn't come, so he said, I'll come. And him and his wife made his home the yeshiva. The guys who speak about, should my brother come? Shouldn't he come? Who cares if he comes? Make your house the yeshiva, and then it won't matter if he comes or not. What does it mean to make your house the yeshiva? It means acceptance of self. Accept yourself. The main work, people go home on the plane and bus and hope their Ben Azmanim is different, and then they get into the same fights with mom, with dad, with their siblings, nothing changes. You know why? Because on the way home, you're thinking how you can be better to her if you'd accept yourself better. On the way home, decide I accept me. With all my flaws, we're all human, we're souls and flawed, every human being on earth. Me, you, and everybody else. We're human beings. All the flaws, self-acceptance, a profound acceptance of our own mistakes. I make a mistake, we make mistakes, say that I accept myself. And then from that place, I'm going to accept my mom. I'm going to accept my little sister and my brother. Bring home a world of acceptance. Bring home a world of love, of appreciation, of covet, of respect. Our respect, 
the, our, our brother, our sister, bring it home to your family. Create as, bring home, come home with it powerfully. And when you slip, go back to it powerfully. Accept myself, accept my family. Powerfully, powerfully, bring it, bring it. Don't be observant. There's no them. It's us. Bring it home. There'll be slippages. There'll be blockages. There'll be other forces. Bring it home. The power of taiv is overwhelming. Ra is powerful. Ayla rush, ayla shchenai. But taiv letzadik, taiv letzchenai. Taiv is much more powerful than ra. Taiv, I have rayas. My rebbe ended as a shaila, which is more powerful. I have this shaila since I'm young. For Russia and it's sad that live next door, who wins? Who wins? A Russian. It's Amzaych and have two tzaddikim each side of us, so there's no risham on the block. And and Beis Hashem, it impacts us to have two tzaddikim. But imagine you have a tzaddik and a Russian who live next door to each other. There's Eila Russia, Eila Shchena, and there's Tavla Tzaddik, Tavla Shchena. Who wins? And obviously the tzaddik wins over the Russia. It's obvious. Avram changed the world. It's Tachpashit. It's a good shaila. My Rebbe ends as a shaila. Ilan saying, prove it. He's, he's saying good. You have to think. It's a good shaila. My Rebbe has this shaila. I've had this shaila. Any, anybody who learns Torah wonders what's more powerful. But for sure, don't underestimate the power of taif. Show up with something. The sense of you go to shul, they, there's no they. Stop with the they. It's just us. They, they're... Go to shul and show up with something. Sit in shul and show up with self-acceptance and acceptance of the people around you. Show up with that. Come to shul showing up with something. Come to your sibling, show up with you. Your brother should see this person who accepts himself and gives love. Who do you think you are to be so nice? I think I'm a soul. I accept my soul. Your pasha look like a Balgaiva when you're so nice. Who do you think you are? You come to show you're like nice to everybody. I, I found I'm a soul. I accept myself. There's like a Gaiva to being nice, Pasha. You don't say, you're not nice. I mean, who am I? It's, a, it's, another. it's only us. There's no them. Go to your shul. Go to your home and show up as you and bring it. Bring love, bring acceptance, bring positivity, bring authenticity. You'll slip, you'll slide, you'll forget, you'll get upset at yourself. Go back to your room and re-accept self. The work back in your room is to re-accept yourself. Once again, sit down and re-accept self. And then go back and accept your brother, your mother, your uncle, and everybody else. So I want to I wanna say to the Hever that when a guy says, guys, I love my yeshiva, I love my yeshiva, what are you tapping into? Understand what you're tapping into. An acceptance of self, a profound acceptance of self. An acceptance of self, an honest, my own, I, I'm not trying to pretzelize myself, an own authenticity, my own journey, my own attachment to Tyre and Yiddishkeit, that's developing, that's a work in progress. And then from there, shine. People will see authenticity, happiness, optimism, positivity, love, all the words when a person's honest with himself and not pretzelizing and being what he's not, is out of touch with self. Inorganic equals frustration. 
equals force, equals stress, equals uncomfortability. From that place, I don't know how to develop positivity. But a place of comfortable, accepting, flowing, natural, honest. You come home, you're a force. So I ask everybody in all our, in all our environments, I want to welcome home, Yehuda Krupka, welcome home, Huda. One of the greatest tires of the yeshiva is a, maybe like if there were words of the yeshiva, when Klal Yisrael had people think one time we had the clearest revelation in our history. We didn't see God, that's a lie. To say we saw God is a lie. We saw my God, Kaylee. We saw my God, that means we saw it. Doesn't say we saw God and we said, hey mate. We said, Zeh, what am I seeing? Kaylee, my God. So it's, it's a lie, just understand. I, you try to visualize, they didn't see God. That's a lie. See God. They saw my God. When they saw Hashem, they felt a very personal connection to Hashem. That's what they saw. What, that's what they experienced. That's literally what they saw. They didn't see God. They saw my God. Zekeli. My God. That's what they saw. <gasps> my God. Not God. Kaylee. They saw my God. We want the discovery in Yeshiva of Zekeli. My God. And when they discovered Hashem, they didn't see Hashem. They saw my Hashem. Personal, oh my goodness, my, with my story, with my questions, with my learning ability, with my, I didn't have to like be somebody, I didn't have to be him, wow. <laughs> Kaylee, my God, that's what they saw when they saw Hashem. I have a tremendous, tremendous appreciation. There's a gratitude. This yeshiva didn't happen. Somebody had an idea. I was here from the start. I saw this was not somebody's idea. What an idea to be honest and real with. It's not what happened. It's not the story. What happened is that somebody wanted contrived. I, I, I was there. I was part of it. And guys insisted on something, and we were open-minded to listen to the guys. That's what happened. I promise you that's what happened. What happened is, is guys here said, no, I want to be honest. And at first I tried to fight guys, honest, real. It was, I never saw something. It was like freaky. And ultimately the guys won. The guys won out that you have an honest. That you, the Hevra built this yeshiva. I'm tapping in. I'm trying to tap in. I'm working on it. I'm trying to tap in. It's a beautiful place, it's an optimistic place, it's a sincere place, and it's a hard place. Some ways, especially if you get good at the game, the game in some ways is easier. In some ways, the authenticity could be hard. You have to visit places that are difficult. So it has a challenge to it, but it's so much more flowing and natural and beautiful. There's a beauty here, an optimism, a simcha sachayim, that's rather surprising. A person, an intelligent person said, a place that acknowledges pain, and people are in touch with this story, wouldn't you expect there to be so much sadness there? And that's not what you feel in the ear. And an intelligent person asked me, is there a lot of sadness if we're honest? 
So we're honest with our stories. There's a world of struggle. So wouldn't there be a lot of sadness? And the answer is a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of movement. When you tap into what's natural, it's like natural to grow. It's natural to be curious. You're tapping. A guy is so far from learning when he's asking questions that doesn't bother him. I want you to be self-conscious. When you're asked to speak in yeshiva, we don't have a physical bang. I promise many of us are asking, are you really bothered by the kasha you asked? And if that's uncomfortable you, with your tough luck, that's the yeshiva. Are you really bothered by the question you asked? Is that really concern you? Is that something on your mind? Is that, if, if, you re- if you read something and you're bothered, that's a kasha. Don't ask somebody else's kasha. Ask your question. Study it, read it, and see, what, see where it hits you. Honest, authentic. Your own real, you can honestly connect to Tyra, powerfully connect to Tyra. You can bleed Tyra, you'll be alone in the world, you'll learn Tyra. You're alone in the world, you'll study Hashem's Tyra. I watch my children in their own, in their own room, sitting and learning, I catch them learning. They all have their own caches, their own thoughts, their own attachment to Tyra. Learning their own svarim that, that talk to them, that say something to them. An authentic attachment to Tyra. So I say to us, I say to the Chavah, tremendous gratitude. This is your yeshiva. You built it with your honesty, sincerity. You've created, you've built a monster. Sometimes I see a guy being so real. I'm like, ah, did everybody mean so real? Like, could you temper down the realness a little? But, but, but it's, it's, it's special what the guys have built here. The B'nai Tyra, the honest, sincere people that, it's, that, that are walking out of the base Medrash. We had this year, Rally Greenwald came back as a dorm counselor. I'm like, oh, I'm profoundly, I, don't, I don't even know if he's in the room right now. Is he in the room right now? No. I don't, no. good, good. I'm sincerely, I'm profoundly oh, moved. Yeah. I'm profoundly moved. I see somebody who's like clearly in sync, in touch with self, and flowing in his ruchnias. It's delightful to see. Hashem is a very good builder. A very good, he knew what he's doing. He, know, he knows us. Some, you know, as long as you have to wonder, a Shadchan reads a Shidduch, are they out of their mind? The Shidduch of us and Tyra, the Shadchan who knows us, who created us, who knows our every thought, read the Shidduch to Tyra. The best Shadchan. See, you don't gotta like force it, you gotta find it. It's in us, it's in Tyra, and there's a connection. You don't gotta force it. Find it comfortably and healthily. I watch, I, I watch Shlomo Greenwald came back. The man is flowing. He's flowing. Yeah. Looks comfortable, looks good. The tire is fitting you. The tire is fitting you. Share your questions with the world. Share your kasha. Your kasha, right? Your safer, your kasha, your development. So I, I, I've gotten this past couple of weeks to be around the Chol Charach to put words to what I see is everything I just described. To put words, the words, so what happened, good, you, you, we clap him, what are you seeing? I'm very into what are you seeing, explain it, what do you see? I ask guys, what do you see in the next guy? Put words to it. Everything I was just describing is what I see in Michal. Everything I just described, the guy who's in touch with his story, touch with self, 
making an attachment to Tyra, to Yiddishkeit, to Hashem, to his family, everything we're describing. So I say to everybody here, we're going to go around to the Rebbeim now, I say to every single person here, I beg you, tap into authenticity, accept yourself, and accept your siblings. Go home, your brother's waiting for you. Go home, he's waiting for you. Your brother, you're a brother, you have a sister who's waiting, go home and accept her and spend time, notice her, talk to her, encourage her. Be there, be present, be accepting to your family members. Go to your shul and bring it. Go to your shul and bring it. So that's, that's the message for Bein Asmanim. Bring acceptance, bring positivity, bring warmth. Bring an eye in tave. See the goodness that's, that exists all around. I'm going to ask, Rezaich and Yeshiva, to have a Rebbe. It's so cool how guys the next year don't let go of this Rebbe. And years later on, they're Talmidim that are married, that check in. His own, his own connection to the Talmidim is, is, is powerful. And his connection to self and his own family is extremely powerful. Guys are moved by that. There's a, there's a wife, their children, that it's a deep connection. And then we're Zaycha to become Banim as well. I'm going to ask Rabbi Snicky to share some words with you. About, about 17 years ago, I spent a Shabbos by um, Sunshine's best friend, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Levine. I don't know if everybody knows, everybody knows him. It was a very, I went with Josh Ehrlich for Shabbos. It was one of the two Shabbos I spent outside the Mir area when I was there. And it was a, um, you have like a few moments in your life that come up that are life-changing. Spending Shabbos by him was life-changing. I remember his Kiddush was a very uplifting Kiddush in a a rare way. Um, And I came to him with a question, which I don't want to get into now. I I came to him, um, a friend of mine told me a shtickle Torah from a different Rebbe in the mirror. I remember this shtickle Torah, Sam Seifer with Mordechai at Sadik that was being punished for not learning. I don't remember the shtickle Torah. It was was the one schmooze Rebbe didn't like in Eretz Yisrael. The first year Rebbe went to to go to different, different people. So someone told me the Shtigl Torah then. Um, and I went to him to ask him, what's Pshat in this Chassam Seifer? Right away he knew what I was talking about. And the, the outcome of that, of that Shabbos, we spoke about a Friday night, Shabbos morning, Shabbos afternoon, Shal Shudis, it was the topic of, the, of, of Shabbos, but his, his maskana, what he was, the message he gave us was that you have different tekufas in your life, different periods of your life, different places, different yeshivas, different cities. And your job in each place, in each city, in each yeshiva is to tap into that place, to that Rebbe, to that yeshiva, to become a student of that, of that situation. Um, and that made a very big impact on me. In, I was in Waterbury, then the Mir, then I was in Kail, then I was a Rebbe, different places, different, different Rebbeim that I, that I was um, lucky enough to, to, uh, to attach myself to. That concept, I believe, applies to us throughout the year. We have Tkufa Sashana, we have different parts of the year, and there are things that we can gain from each part of the year. 
Uh, my father-in-law showed me many years ago um, a piece from, from Schwab. In the back of the Sefer, he has on Shira Shirim, and he always likes to end off Yantav with this piece. The Pasuk says, How beautiful are your footsteps um, in shoes and sandals. And the Gemara Darshan is that it's a, um, it's a reference to, the, to being Eilu Regal. Pa'amayich is a lashon of pa'amim, and the Gemara says pa'amim refers to shalosh regalim. So the question of Schwab asks, he has a few questions there, but he asks the question, we know when we go to, to, to be oil regal, we come to the Beis Hamidosh, the first thing we do, we take off our shoes. So what's mayafu pa'amayich ben olam basnadiv? How beautiful are your footsteps the, in shoes? We're not wearing shoes by, by, when we're oil regal. So Schwab says that it's referring to the way home. That you go to a yantif, you go into Shalash Regalm, you go to the base Samegdash, and you acquire, you, you, you gain so much by seeing the Avaidah of the Kehanim, you hear the Levim singing, you see so much of the Avaidah of the yantif. So you acquire, and you bring that, what you acquire, you bring it back home to your family, you bring it back home to your city, you bring it back home to, to your place, to your, whatever you, wherever you're holding beforehand, you want to take what you acquired and, and bring it with you. That that always that 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 vort made a big impression on me. That you come to a yantif and you just experiencing a yantif, experiencing two sedarim, experiencing eating matzah and mar, experiencing the the the, the kedusha of a yantif has a major impact on us, and we can take that with us. What I found this year, I found um, Rabbi Silverman got me Ramech uh, Biderman Agada, and he writes in there a vort on the same words, literally the the, the flip of the vort. And what I realized was it gives you the answer as to how to attain that Kedusha, as to how to, to grab that which you, uh, you, know, you acquire in, in the Yantif. How, how do you acquire in the Yantif? So he writes, the Pasuk says, How beautiful are your footsteps? He asks the same Kasha. What do you mean footsteps? You're not wearing shoes in the, when you come to the base of Meidash. He says as follows. He says, He says that a person... Is promised by Kadosh Baruch Hu, the passing. The Gemara brings the, the Saftacha that when you go to be Eilu Regal, so you leave behind your your house, your vineyard, your field. You have worries. What's going to be with that which I leave behind? Someone can plunder it. Someone can take it. Someone can steal it. And Kadosh Baruch Hu promises it's going to be fine. No one's going to take anything. No one's going to steal anything. That which you leave behind is going to be okay. And a person's traveling, you know, uh, uh, step after step towards the base Hamikdash, and he could be very, very worried. Maybe someone's going to talk and steal something, and he has to remind himself that the Baruch Hu promised nothing's going to happen. He finally reaches the Beis Hamikdash, and he sees the Avaida. He sees, he feels the kedusha. He's inspired. He's very taken, and every all those worries melt away completely. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. I'm just with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he feels like he made it. He has that big moment. He's there. He's he's acquired. He's accomplished. Says Rishlavus Shomaz Amorbach. He says. He says, How beautiful are your footsteps in your shoes. You think the big moment is when you finally come to the Beis Hamidosh and you experience the Kedusha. He says it's the footsteps, it's the hard work, it's the, it's the worries and concern that you have to overcome. It's, the, it's the, the energy and effort you have to put in to overcome the challenges of leaving things behind, to overcome the challenges and worries that creates the matzah, that creates the situation where you now can, can reach such a level. But he says, how beautiful are your footsteps in shoes. It's, it's that preparation. It's that, it's that, 
it's the, the energy you put in on the way that's really hard, each step being very difficult, that it gives the person the ability to acquire such Kedusha, which brings, go back to the first part, that you can then take home with you. Um, at, at the Perm Sudor of his son and shine asked a few of us, he went around the table, he asked his son-in-law first, then he decided to take around the table, what did you gain most from, the, from, from this Yantiv? What did you learn about yourself? So... I, I told him after, I, I answered something that was on my mind at the time, but it wasn't, it wasn't the true answer. I told him after, what I really acquired from the Yantif of Purim this year was that I was reminded how important preparation is. That I put a few weeks in, regardless of what was going on, to really work on the Yantif, to, to, to gain from the Yantif. And I saw it play out that way, that I was able to appreciate the moment, be in the moment, because of the preparation I put in. Um, there are certain teams that were known for this um, Basketball. I, mean, I was San Antonio Spurs. They had very few plays to run, but they run, they prepared so much that everything was instinct. There was no you were able to live in the moment without having to worry what to do, how to do. There are football teams that were like this also. That that was that extra half a second gave the advantage because of the preparation. But the preparation a person puts in can allow. It was different this year. It wasn't just knowing what to do. It was allowing me to be in the moment of Yontif without being pulled in various directions, which naturally you're going to be pulled in, and still experience the antif, the preparation that one puts in. Um, uh, I was thinking that um, there's an old thought that that the Pasuk says um, So Rabbi Kelsh has taught us that, that over there by Yaakov Avinu, he fights with the Malach and he's called he's called uh, Yaakov, he's called Yisrael Kisarisa, because he fought he fought Batucha and he won. So call him the champion. Don't call him the, the challenger. You don't, you don't announce the guy with the, with, with the championship belt as the challenger. He's the, he's the champ. So announce him as the champ. Why is Yaakov Avinu being called Yisrael? Because Kisarisa, because he fought. The Medrash says, as we know the song goes, Veniska Vashem Levadoi. So I realized, when is Veniska Vashem Levadoi? Veniska Vashem Levadoi is taka when you're in the fight, when Sarisa, when you're, when, when you're struggling, when you're putting in the effort. What, what brings a person to that place of, 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 of appreciation, of godless, of, of, of majesty, of, of, of feeling good, is, all, is the journey, is the work that he puts in. How beautiful are your footsteps. So I guess my suggestion, heading into Pesach, and this applies both to the Yontif in and of itself, and applies to, to being home, being as manam as well, is to, is to spend some time over the next few days in regards to going home and more days in regards to uh, Yontif itself, preparing, preparing for a Yontif, knowing what the Yontif is about, trying to get your hands on different svarim, different books, different shiurim, and really try to tap into beforehand what the Yontif um, can possibly mean to you and what you can take back with you. Um, at the same time also, as we prepare the next few days before you go home, Benazmanim, to spend time thinking what I could do, what, what I can accomplish at home in just in, 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 in being a person who's, as Rebbe was saying, positive. I just picked up on my desk this morning. One of my children had a project to, um, to uh, uh, write something they're passionate about. And this daughter wrote about the, her passion for positivity. And she wrote a whole piece saying the, the, the effects of positivity. She holds that it's the tzaddik that wins. And clearly she holds that. She was saying how you can go into any situation and if you're positive, the, the, the effect you can have on other people with your speech, with your energy, with your, with your, with your positivity is, is very powerful. To recognize the kayach we have when we go into a home. I was comparing myself this morning to yesterday. Yesterday morning, I was, I, I, in the morning, I was with the family. I didn't, I didn't have the energy, I didn't have the effort. And by coincidence, everyone's like in a bad mood. 
This morning, I'm all positive and energetic. Every child left in a good mood. What's the difference? One is I brought the positivity. One, I didn't. The ability to, to have a very powerful effect on those around you with positivity. Um, again, just think about that before you go home. The, the more you think about it, it'll be easier to perform that which you want to do at home in regards to uh, the positivity or other areas. Um, and one more thing to keep in mind, I, to me this is, this is something that um, it means a lot, is you go home, you have siblings, you have cousins, you have people that you can really spend time with and, and have a positive effect. Show interest in people's lives, show interest in, in siblings' lives, ask them detailed questions about, about their schools, about their day, about their friends. You know, it applies to parents or grandparents. Ask detailed questions about what, what Yantiv was like when they were younger. You, know, you ask a grandparent, I don't know how many people here have grandparents that are or great-grandparents that are from, from Europe, you ask what Yantiv was like, you know, in the Alta Haim, you ask, you know, where you, where, where you come from. When you ask detailed questions, you can acquire a lot of knowledge. Also, it, it really creates a connection. Asking where, asking who, asking why, understanding the background. And you do that with, with siblings, you do that with nephews and nieces, you do that with, you know, parents and grandparents. It can really have a very positive effect. And uh, those are my thoughts. was a base medrash and it, a base medrash has its own secrets. Anybody who absorbs in a base medrash, you carry secrets. You carry a certain tire and a new base medrash opened up in the yeshiva. The best guys are coming out of this base medrash, Mitsuyanim. And Rabbi Silverman has opened up like a new base medrash. It's a place that's drawing guys, guys from this year, from last year, and they're carrying a secret of deep self-awareness, of talking over the sogya of Shleimah Sa'adam and just carrying secrets of, of steiging and growth. So I asked Ray Silverman to share Divrei Torah with the Shevra as well. Um, I find every year as I like, I start approaching Pesach. I always like, I always try to tell myself to look and like um, to learn a new sugi in Pesach to focus on something different. But like, anytime I see something in the sefer that speaks about cheres, that speaks about freedom, I automatically, I just go back there. And so I figured I may as well, uh, I may as well focus on it again. And every year I come come to Pesach. It's man cheresenu, and obviously the Haggadah says hashata avde. We're still slaves. Um, and we've been discussing for the last last week or so in Shir, what is freedom? People use the word freedom, like what does that mean? Um, it clearly is not necessarily like uh, you could do whatever you want, right? It's not, although it may it may seem that that would be freedom. The Gemara says, Ein ben That's not necessarily a life that's uh, free of restrictions and rules. That's not freedom. Um, and, and besides the fact that a lot of us don't know what freedom means, or I don't, I don't fully understand what freedom means, I'm here on Pesach night, I'm supposed to give something to my child that I, don't, I, I myself don't know if I've experienced. 
Um, and so we were talking, we were talking about freedom. Obviously, there's an ultimate freedom that we're all, we're all searching for, we're all hoping for. Um, and we're not there yet. But it, it also is obvious that we're, we're celebrating some level of freedom that's occurred. And um, Rabbi Kedish taught us this year, by Purim, Rabbi Kedish taught us the Yisoyed, that salvation only comes to someone who's ready for salvation. Um, the Rabbani Shalom, when, when, when we get to a place that we're ready to be, to be redeemed, that we're ready to become free, that's when the Rabbani Shalom will come with the ultimate redemption. And um, it just reminded me, I mean, I think it's a Raya Brura, but my favorite interaction in, in Chumash. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to tell Klal Yisrael that they're going to be free. And the Pasuk says, they didn't listen to Moshe, they couldn't, they couldn't hear the words that he was saying. They were coming, he was coming to tell them they're going to be redeemed. They couldn't, they couldn't hear. Then Moshe turns to Banisham and says, hey, Yisrael, lo, lo, the Klai Yisrael won't listen to me, and, and Klai Yisrael is not going to listen to me, which time you see that the Pasuk told us why Klai Yisrael didn't listen to them, but yeah, someone who's, who's a leader is not looking at the reasons why people don't listen. Obviously, it's coming from from the leader. That's the way that he views it. But the Banisham responds, the Banisham responds, and I think it's a Raya Brut to the society, and I think it's the Haskala, I think the Haskala of Chayros, the Haskala of Freedom. The beginning. The Banisham responds, the Pasuk says, that Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron, Vayitzavim el Bnei Yisrael, ve'opayim melech mitzrayim, lohoitzi es Bnei Yisrael meretz mitzrayim. God commanded, God commanded Moshe and Aaron, regarding Klal Yisrael, and regarding Paro, to, remo- to, to take Klal Yisrael out of mitzrayim. Why does there have to be a commandment regarding... Say, God commanded Moshe and Aaron to go to Paro and tell, take Klal Yisrael. God commanded, Klai, God commanded Moshe and Aaron regarding Klal Yisrael and regarding Paro to take them out of Mitzrayim. So there seems to be a commandment regarding Klal Yisrael that's involved in the, in the, in the Geula. And Rashi was responding. Rashi, Rashi says that Rabbi Shalom was responding to Moshe's time. And Moshe said, I don't know how to speak to Klal Yisrael. They're not listening to me. And the Rabbi Shalom responded... As Rashi says, Tziva aleim lanhigan benachas velizbo osam. The Rambam commanded Moshe to, to 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 empathize, to be present, to be soivel them, and then that's why the pasuk ends. There's a form of gula that happens even when we're stuck in Mitzrayim. There's a form of gula when we have someone who's there, who's present, who's 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 empathizing, who's feeling. Um, Agav, I think that's the there's a pshat that um, I, a long time ago, when I was in twelfth grade here. I heard Rabbi Kalish ask the question that I was never bothered by, but now I am. No, I can't. Um, he, asked the, he asked the question that you know, if, I would, if, I would, if I would tell you the one place in Tefillah that we daven to not have, to not have anxiety, to not have worry, you would think maybe, um, you know, Shema Kirleinu, or the kind of but yet in the middle of Shema Nesu, Hashiva Shevtenu, we should, we should uh, the judgment system should come back. What's it doing there? So for a long time I thought I had shot, but I, I think I think that that this is potentially an emes pshat that um, yagan. Rav Shwab says Rav Shwab says that yagan and anacha. The difference between yagan and anacha. Yagan is something that comes from I would say is more emotional, not necessarily that you're you're actually facing something that's causing you pain. It's more um, coming from within, and anacha is actually is, is like when there's a present. Um, when there's a present, um, something that's actively causing you pain, in a real way, like um, I would say maybe like irrational fears versus rational fears. The, the difference between irrational and irrational fear is whether or not there's actually an imminent danger. Um, so if you think about it, if yagun is something that's 
that's not um, that's that's not necessarily. It's more emotional. That to me sounds like mikoitzeruach. And anacha, that's something that's more imminent. That's something that's actually going on. That's avoid the kasha. That's not. That's that's what it is. So what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu learned from from the Rebbeinu how to speak to Kali Yisrael that couldn't listen to him. They couldn't listen because of Yagan and Anacha. And 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 once he learned how to talk to them, he learned how to speak to us. That already that already was the redemption. Rabbeinu, uh, the, I forgot exactly. He says I think it's it's a targum. Rabbeinu Yonason says that Hashiva Shiftein is a tefillah for Moshe Rabbeinu to bring back Moshe Rabbeinu. So we're asking Rabbi Shalom, bring back Moshe Rabbeinu. And we have leaders who know how to talk to us. So in the mail of It's not a tefillah. It's going to happen. Once we have Moshe Rabbeinu back, once we have leaders back who learn how to, who know how to talk to us, it's going to be, it's going to be removed. Um, so, so I think that what it comes down to, what, what, when we speak about Geula, when we speak about, sorry, we speak about Cheres. Is Hudi here? Hudi showed me this week. Um, me and Hudi believe in Ashkocha. I hope a lot of people do. Um, there's a singer NF. I feel like that's, you can't say that without sounding shivish. Like the, okay. Um, for a long time, he was singing about um, his songs were very dark. His songs were very. Um, he described emotions like he's in prison um, from his emotions. I think a lot of us could identify with that. We feel locked up by our emotions. In fact, when we uh, when we choose to ignore those emotions, what do we do? We escape. Escape sounds like. No, that word means that we're locked up. If we need to escape, it means that we're being held captive by something. Um, and Leil Pesach, and then, and then NF went dark for a few years. And this year, Leil Pesach, he has a new CD coming out. It's dropping Leil Pesach. The singles have started to come out, but Leil Pesach, it's, it's called Hope. And I think Hope is the Haskalah of, of, of Cheros. Hope is when I'm stuck, when I'm stuck, but I know there's an option out. There's a way out. It's the first step. When we go from hopeless to there's, there's hope here, there's hope. And I think that's something that we could tap into when we start talking about Kheris. What's freedom? The first level of freedom, obviously, there's an, ultimate, there's an ultimate freedom that we want to get to, a freedom of the spirit, a freedom of the body, a freedom of the, of, of the soul. But, but to start, we have to realize that there's, there's a path, there's a way out, there's hope, even when we're stuck in something. It bothered me this year. I was bothered by the fact that if you look in the Haggadah, we're trying to get our children engaged in the, in the, in the night of, of, um, of Pesach. We're trying to get them engaged. So the way to do it, we all know. Why do we do this on Pesach? Everyone knows what's the answer? So that the children will ask. What is that? So the children will ask. So I jump on my head. So my kid like, what are you doing? And you say, tonight's a very special night. We got out of each Like, what are we doing? Like every weird thing that we do. So I, I, I would ask here, I'd ask this in Shira. I think a lot of people identified how many people in this room, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many people in this room have been through something in their life they felt, I am the only one in the world that's going through this? I'm the only one. I say, you don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> I think it's a common thing. I think it's common. That people think that we're alone. We're totally alone. Why does that happen? It happens because we don't know that we're allowed to ask. We're taught for a young age, you can't ask questions. We're taught from a young age, there's no muckum for Shayla. We're taught for a young age, if you go through something, you're by yourself, you're alone, you, stay, you have to stay in that feeling, there's feelings of shame, guilt. Imagine if a kid could just say to his child, to, to his parent, like, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I going through this? Is this normal? And a, and a parent could be there present for a child and say, it's normal, you're a human being, we go through these things, we have challenges. The haskhal of freedom is to get our children to ask. I think it's more important than, than the answers, is to get, allow our children to ask. The entire night of Pesach is, get your kids to ask. 
We say there's a she'eni day elishol. Af pesachle. The parents have to come. Allow your child to ask. Open him up. And Bez Hashem, I know that there would be Shal Virgin when he'd say the words At he'd point to the Banishlam. You open him up. A lot of us feel closed. We want the Banishlam to open us. The Banishlam? No, who pointed? Oh, uh Rabbi Sarah Virgin. Rabbi Sarah Virgin. we could all we could all experience this year, Gaula, this hasfala of Khairas, of hope, to realize that we have we have we 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 are people who are able to grow, people who are the things that were that are locked inside of us can be we could be free, and Bez Hashem through that we'll be ready for the for the Gula Shlema Bakaro. many others. That was incredible, Rai Silverman. Thank you. Before we, we came to, to go, we're hearing like, Rai was Nikki, right? Rabbi Silverman, we're hearing, you can't just go from thing to thing. We need Rebach Ben Aprakim. So we'll sing a song. In my line, I have Chaikel and Meir Richter. There's no way we're not doing Chaikel songs. So, <laughs> Meir, you'll, you'll do the high part for us. Eilach, Eilach. You'll key us, because you, 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 you key us. Aya Barnett's not here, you key us. If you have to switch the key, we, we all like that. We'll do a pretty low key. Mayor, we'll do a low key for you.
The next, the next Rebbe to share, to share some different Torah. We, all of us speak, but our actions speak louder. Our essence speak louder than our words. When our words and our essence are in sync, things get through. And the lessons that this Rebbe has taught the whole yeshiva about being present to their own situation and yet being present for us and the lessons of faith, the lessons of resilience, the lessons of carrying tremendous amounts. It's been a tremendous year-long year share. We're all being mispalo. We're seeing refus and we're mispalo refus shalema, but the, the share that Raizon has given the whole yeshiva has been one that resonates and has been lessons to us all. I'm going to ask Rabbi Zon to please share with the Chevron. Picture? Uh -huh. Picture? You have to text me? 
happens to be um, and my my grandfather also did not like the term Ben Asmanim. He used to say, if you find me as man, Ben Asmanim, then you can t- then you could take it. But I think also he was bothered, uh, you know, again by the fact that <coughs> we take off, but ultimately, you know, our Ben Asmanim is just an opportunity to continue growing, growing at home. So I think it's something that we don't necessarily identify with because we're all, you know, gonna Amir Hashem grow, uh, continue to grow when we get home. But Kalish asked me last night, very late, you know, told me that we were going to have this get-together. I should have known it was coming, but Rabbi uh, Silverman did not get me your Mach Biederman's Haggadah. So, yet. And we're neighbors. Maybe I have to give a cheer in that building. I don't know. But I was starting to, so I started last night, as Rabbi Kalish mentioned it to me, I started thinking about the things that maybe I would want to speak about. And last year, I, I mentioned that from something that my father, my parents do at home, they like to find a theme, a theme for the Seder. If I remember correctly, last year we focused on Akar Satov. And last night I was feeling a tremendous like connection like in the room to the people, to the people around me. I was, Zavit pulled up, you know, Machal Harach, the guys, you know, old guys from the Shir. I was just watching them like all appreciate, you know, Jackman get up and like perform. Just like a natural connection. They never met him before, but like this is just a natural connection that all of us have to one another. It's as if it's as if Zevi never left. Like he's sitting here at the table. This is it's the same out of the same table. Or his name is not on it. I don't know. But it's a different different table, but the same the same spot. And I was just overwhelmed and I was thinking like how incredible would it be if we if we all felt that in, incredible connection that we had in that room with everybody that we met, you know, everybody that we met from Klal Yisrael. And I was thinking that maybe the theme for this year in my Seder would be like Achtas, connecting to the Amon Ifchar. You know, we were all enslaved together, we were all taken out of Mitzrayim together, crossed the Yamsav together, received the Torah together, made mistakes together. We're all, we're all connected. Anyone's been following the news lately? There's a story recently that came out. There was a a judge who had some right-wing beliefs that was invited. He was invited to speak in Stanford University, and uh, as he began to speak, all ha- many students who were there started screaming out over him, calling him, uh, you know, right-wing whatever. And a professor got up. The professor of equity and inclusion got up and said she can't disagree with the students, you know. And basically, you know, equity and inclusion means, you know, to many people that as long as you believe and fit into my beliefs, then there's equity and inclusion. But if someone has a little bit of a different belief, then I can't, and we can't connect. And it was crazy. He was invited there. And, and again, the professor of equity and inclusion couldn't, couldn't, couldn't disagree. You know, she felt also that he shouldn't, he shouldn't be allowed to speak. You know, something that we focus on a lot in our shir is uh, the idea that you know, something that Rabbi Kalish mentioned, but right, Naftali is here now, so uh, 
I don't have to worry about repeating myself, but is this idea of you know, self-appreciation, the idea that when anyone wants to work on any relationship, any relationship you want to work on, it all, it all starts with one thing. You know, you ask around the table, communication, perspective, trying to understand, put yourself in another person's shoes. But ultimately, the first step to working on any relationship is, is self-love, appreciating, appreciating yourself. Because we all project the things that we feel about ourselves onto the people around us. If I walk into a relationship thinking that I'm a loser, so naturally, I just assume that the next person thinks the same thing about me. And then one look the wrong way and I'm immediately defensive and defensiveness in any relationship is a recipe for disaster. So it's important to walk into any relationship. And we talked about it in share the relationship, you know, with other people, with our friends, and then ultimately the relationship with Hashem. It's very difficult to connect to Hashem as well. If you know, if you think that he thinks that you're, you're a terrible person. And so we discussed the Torah Devorah, you know, again, I've said this many times, but I think it's something that people need to hear talks about the tremendous midos, the midos of Hashem, and how we're supposed to emulate those midos of Hashem. And he describes that the first midah of Hashem is that he has the ability to bear insult. Right? Hashem gives us life, and we take that life, and we utilize it, you know, sometimes in a way that uh, you know, we make mistakes, we do the wrong thing. And yet Hashem is able to look the other way. And so he said, if you're trying to, if you want me to emulate that, you know, either he's, a, he's, he's God, so I can't, you know, what do you, want, what do you want from me? Or we could try to help understand why is Hashem so able, you know, so able to bear insult? Why is he so capable of bearing insult um, and looking the other way and allowing us to do tshuva? He doesn't make us disappear the second we do something wrong. And so we explained that Hashem created us. He knows that we're human beings. Hashem created us. He, he, he knows much more than we know how human we are. It would be crazy for Hashem to have tainas on me for making a mistake when He gave me all the taivas and all the, and all the challenges that are surrounding me. For Him to then say, oh, what are you doing? I gave you life and you're doing this? Obviously, Hashem knows me and understands me much better than I understand myself. But a lot of times, a lot of times when we, we start focusing on, yeah, I, I am a human being. I have done some things that are wrong, and I, I should love myself. We have a tendency to maybe take our, our situation into, into, into account. Why did I do certain things? How did I get to a certain place? And in focusing on loving ourselves, we have a tendency to sometimes think negatively about people around us. We have a hard time you know, seeing, while we're, while we're working on self-love, you know, this Sefer, Toma Devora, like, that, I, that I have in front of me, it's in English. You know, I think it doesn't, it doesn't enough focus on that, on that, on that point that it, doesn't, it mo- mostly focuses on our, our ability to bear insult when it comes to things that other people are doing to us. But when it comes to ourself, it doesn't really mention the idea that it's important for us to work on, do I bear insult when I make a mistake? Does I, do I forgive myself, you know? So once we, but once we get into that mode of allowing ourselves to make mistakes and allowing ourselves to appreciate that we are human and that we're good and that we don't have to feel shame for being human beings, sometimes when we appreciate the context of our life, we have a tendency of like, you know, just not focusing on the fact that the people around us are also human. It's just a small point. I think it's similar to what Rabbi Kalish was trying to say earlier. Not to put words in his mouth, but again, when we go home, when we go home to realize that the people that are around us, they care about us, they love us, they want what's best for us. 
you know, ultimately, like what Kayla said, you know, we have, I speak to parents all day long, and I was speaking to my mother the other day, and she was saying, like, you know, I, I'm so concerned about some of the things that my son is doing. She said, you know, he happens to be a people pleaser, like, maybe we could get a mentor, like, maybe we could get a mentor to, like, be on top of him, and he'll want to please him, he'll just start doing some of the things that, you know, that, that we want him to do. You know, and it's, but it's coming from a place, it sounds crazy when you say it like that, but ultimately, like, she's not trying to, it seems like manipulative, she just wants to see her son in a good place, all of our parents, our family members, we just ultimately, at the end of the day, we just, we just want to see everyone around us happy, so sometimes we want to skip steps and we want to get there faster, but I have not met a parent, I've not spoken to a parent who at the end of the day just wants their, just wants their kids to, to be healthy, good people who have you know, or living meaningful lives. So when we go home, you know, as much as we're working on ourselves here and like in our year, at least once a day, we talk about this self-love, appreciating ourselves, <coughs> you know, at the end of the day, don't forget that means also that everyone else around you is also human and have also been through a lot of things. And also ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, wants what's best for us and is just looking out for our best interest. It would be silly for us to sit down at the Seder and think about Achdus, you know, when, when we're, you know, when before the Seder and after the Seder, we're, we're just, and maybe even during the Seder, you know, we're, again, Achdus with the Am Hanifchar means starts with your, yourself and then your family and the people that are around you. So certainly, you know, we should go home, take all the growth that we've had here to build ourselves up, to feel good about ourselves, to feel connected to ourselves and appreciate we're human, we're good. We're good. There's not a single guy here who, you know, I don't know how, the, how old the oldest, but I'm in my 30s. And uh, I'd like to think that I can make 30-year-old mistakes. You know, most of our guys, an 18-year-old mistake, a 20-year-old. When we love ourselves, we're incredible people. We all want to be as close to Hashem as possible. Just to give that same, the same, that just that same understanding. Try to work on just that same understanding for the people that are around us. Um, and Merz uh, Hashem, you know... It will bring us and our families together and then we'll be able to feel much more connected you know, ultimately to the Amanifchar and that feeling that we all felt last night in the room. You know, I think it's not so crazy for us to see and we, and we do. You know, sometimes it's harder with our families. But you know, ultimately when we see you know, anyone, anyone who's from the Amanifchar around, you know, we'll, we'll feel that same, that same connection. Talk about the different magical places in the basement in the yeshiva. Raizon's table back there. We've we've gone to the to the building over it. There's a new room in the yeshiva called the annex. It's unnamed now. If you have a million dollars, you can name it. And even without, if you have a good name, we'll probably give it to you too. We have no name. Dorm counselors and the annex both are nameless right now. We have no sal- we have no way of like labeling it. That room is cool. The kiddush takes place there weekly. Shalashudis started moving to that room. The Einig Shabbos Friday night takes place in that room. A lot of good music chills. The music night last night. That's a very very magical room. But I think the main magic of that room is the sheer that goes on there daily. Right, Shapiro and 
a group of the smartest guys in yeshiva, very intelligent, they just get connect and talk and develop in a very sophisticated thought out. We talk about asking your question. That's a room where questions are asked and people ask their questions. So it's really an honor to hear from Ray Shapiro. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, uh, just very quickly, I just want to share two points, just one quick word, and, uh, and an Ibn Ezra, a life-changing Ibn Ezra, I just want to share with everyone. Number one is from Barak Mimejbich, quoted by the Shemi Shmuel. Now, this shot, the Hasidic shot, it changed a lot in my life and my Pesach, and to me, this is my theme of Pesach this year. Once I saw the Shemi Shmuel, it like, it changed everything. Shemi Shmuel says from Baruch Mejbich, he says the following. The Pasuk says, Upasach Hashem ala Pesach. The Yantav is called Pesach, which means that Hashem passed over the houses of Klal Yisrael when he was killing the firstborn of the Mitzrim. One of the Psukim says, One of the Psukim say, Upasach Hashem al ha Pesach. Hashem passed over the Pesach, the entrance. This showed Hashem's love for, for Klal Yisrael, that He loved us, He passed over us. <laughs> Says Rabarak, quoted by the Shemi Shmuel, the following. He says that the Midrash says in Shir Hashirim, Hischuli Pesach Shomachat, that Klal Yisrael has to open up an entrance of a needle. Very, very small things that we have to do. And this version of it says, Hashem will open up a Pesach that wagons are going to be able to go through. Which generally means that we have to do very little. Generally that means that we do not know exactly how far we can go. We don't know how far we can reach, we have no idea. You could be struggling on one line today and, and finishing Shas tomorrow, we don't know. I, I've seen it over and over again that a person starts very small and then he ends up accomplishing very big things. Some people don't, by the way. It's not necessarily we're going to accomplish big things. Some people say it's for sure going to happen. I don't think that's true. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We don't know. But the point is we don't know. We can't judge by our nature, our IQ, our test scores, or anything like that, exactly where we can go when it comes to Ruchni. So it doesn't work like that. That's what it says. Open for me a small, small needle's worth, a needle's entrance, and I'm going to open for you a tremendous entrance. Says the Shemi Shmuel. By Mitzrayim, we were on such a low level, we were so steeped in the Avodah Zorah and all the Tumah that was going on in Mitzrayim, that we couldn't even open that little bit. We had nothing. We were slaves, we had nothing. Now I know there are Chazals that say that, that, that we did Damila and Dam Pesach, but this is what he says. I'm just telling you what he says. We had nothing. And at that night, we needed nothing. We needed zero. We needed zero to earn being taken out of its rhyme. We needed zero. Listen to the Pasuk. This is, will change your Pesach. Pasach Hashem al ha-Pesach. Hashem on that night passed over the Pesach Shomachat. We didn't need even the Pesach Shomachat on that night. We needed nothing, no Pesach. Hashem passed over that concept that we need to do something. On that night we needed nothing. That's one thing I wanted to share. And what I took from that personally was that on this night, 
we celebrate a story, a story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I heard of Leuchter, Reuven Leuchter speak a few years ago. They were celebrating our own story as well. And I try, when I go through the Agada to, to take each part of the Agada and bring it to my own personal story. I talk about my own story. It's a very emotional time, Pesach, for me. The Seder, my kids know I put everything into the Seder. It's a very emotional time for me. I speak about my own life. And Rav Leuchter built into me this idea that every aspect of our lives is a part of our story, a necessary part of our story. And it's because of every aspect that we are who we are. It's never despite, but it's because of. Never despite. And this, the Haggadah starts off with bad times, that we were slaves. We were ovdi avodah We started off in the pits. We started off in a terrible place. Abram started off in a bad place. Abram started off doing avodah zara with his father. That's how Abram started off. And yet the Agadah starts from there to say that's part of his story. He didn't become who he became despite what how he was raised. He became what he became because of how he was raised. And so too the Jewish people became what they became because of what they went through in Mitzrayim. It was a necessary part of the story. Pasach Hashem Allah Pasach. And I want to end off sharing this Ibn Ezra. This Ibn Ezra is absolutely... Un- I, I still can't believe that he's saying what, what, he's, what I think he's saying. Rabbi Garfield, Ari Garfield's father, shared with me this week. He shared with me. He, he, he shared with me this week. Um, Ari, I, you know, Ari Garfield has changed the whole face of me giving shear in the morning. I give a different shear because of Ari. Ari decided on his own to come over. He brought a notebook to Shear. When someone brings a notebook and he's writing, he's not forced to write. No one said it's not part of the rules. Not part of, it wasn't in the supply list. He has to bring a notebook and pen. He has to, Ari decided, I want to start writing over Shear. I want to say, he sits there writing down Shear. It changes the Shear for me. I prepare it differently. I prepare it differently because Ari's in Shear. Ari's father texted me this. He shows me certain territory. He told me this Ibn Ezra. I said, it does not, it doesn't, it's not true. Ibn Ezra doesn't say that. And, uh, and I looked it up. And he, I think he's saying that. So I just want to share it with you. I'll leave you with this. He says, by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was, was on Harsina 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat. He was learning with Hashem. And some may ask, what exactly was he doing for those 40 days and 40 nights? Now, we understand that for us, all of Shas could take many, many, many years. Fine. But Moshe Rabbeinu, it wouldn't take that long. You know, 40 years and 40 nights, he wasn't eating. He was on this angelic level. What was he doing? What was he doing all that time? The Ibn Ezra says the following. The Ibn Ezra says... Maybe I'll skip this. now. Yeah. I'll say, Reke Moach, those who are empty of brain, Yisma'u, they are bewildered. The Rishonim spoke like that sometimes, that's a whole different discussion. But that's what he says, those who are empty of brain, ask the following question. What was Moshe Rabbeinu doing all those 40 days and 40 nights? He says, they don't understand. Now the Ibn Ezra, I would think, would say, as he seems to say at first, he says if Moshe Rabbeinu was there for many, many years, he wouldn't even get a fraction of Hashem's wisdom. Why? 
drachav, his ways, sowed kol ha-mitzvahs, all the secrets of the mitzvahs. I would think that Ibn Ezra would stop right there. He'd say, well, it's not just about the mitzvah, it's about the depth of the mitzvah. And Hashem's wisdom is infinite, so you can never reach the level of infinite. It's very simple. It would, if he would have said that, I would have said, oh, that makes a lot of sense, obviously. He's learning the depth of the mitzvah. How deep can you get? You can't get. It's infinite. But then he goes on, and he says, he says, Yachshavu Maisa Iker. They think doing the action is the Iker. So Moshe Rabbeinu shall learn the halachas, and that's it. The Enenu, Rak Halavav, Vahamaisa, the heart. The heart. Now, I don't know what that means. What's he saying? So what was Moshe Rabbeinu doing? It sounds like he was saying that Moshe Rabbeinu was, was internalizing it, was trying to internalize it into his heart. And he says, what does heart mean? I'll skip a little bit. He says, heart mean, V'shoresh kol ha-mitzvos achi ye'ehav es Hashem v'chol nafsho. The shorish of all the mitzvahs is to bring Ava, that we should love Hashem. That's the shorish of all the mitzvahs, Ibn Ezra says that. Then he says the following. Listen to these words. V'lo yuchal adas Hashem. You cannot know Hashem. Im lo yada nafsho, if you don't know your own soul. V'nishmaso, in your own soul. V'gufo, and your own body. If you don't know the essence of your soul, what chachma do you have? That is what the Ibn Ezra, and it sounds like what he's saying. This, I, I don't know, it, like this is what I couldn't believe. It sounds like that's a Moshe Rab- what's, What does that have to do with Moshe Rabbeinu? Remember, I'm coming to ask a question. What was Moshe Rabbeinu doing on the mountain? And it sounds almost like Moshe Rabbeinu was, was getting to know himself. And I, 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 I'm not saying I don't agree with that concept. I very much agree with that concept. I, I always teach about this concept. That's why I love this. But like, what, nowadays it means we went through something when we were younger, so we have blockages, we have walls up, we're not connected to ourselves, so we have to like go to therapy or meditation. And, and that Moshe Rabbeinu, what, like, what was he? What, it's a very, very hard thing to say. It's like modern psychology, right, in the Ibn Ezra, about Moshe Rabbeinu. But Rabosai... I just read you the words. You can look it up yourself. As Sim should just say, he seems to have said that Moshe Rabbeinu was getting to know himself so that he could internalize the Torah properly. And just like the Rav was saying, you cannot have the Torah properly if you don't know yourself. And I just want to end with this diuk in the, the Ibn Ezra. I'll leave you with this. That I want to say that the Ibn Ezra doesn't just say knowing your neshama. He's not saying that... You have to know your deeper neshama to know the real you. That's not what he says. And I don't think he's saying you have to know all parts of you so you could get rid of those parts and then accept the Torah. That's not what he says. He seems to be saying that you have to know your guf, your neshama. Your guf, he says. Your guf. What's your, why do you have to know your guf? That's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, I have to think about it. It's a very good question. That's what the Ibn Ezra says. Your body, he had to know his body. And I want to say a deal that I make it. Ibn Ezra was a Rishon. The Ibn Ezra says Lavav. Twice he used the word Lavav for Lev. Lev is Lev, not Lavav. Lavav is used in the Torah, Chazal say, when it means the Yetzar Tov and the Yetzar Hara. Matzah says Lavavo, Neman Lefanecha, by Avram Avinu. That Avram Avinu uses the Hara with serving Hashem. And that's what Ibn Ezra is saying, I want to say. Ibn Ezra, you give him a diet, give him his words. The neshama, 
your nefesh, your kochas and nefesh, your body. What makes your body go? What do you like? What food do you like? Everything. And your yetzahara, I want to say he means the yetzahara as well, levav. Your yetzahara as well. Every single aspect of a person is to be brought to meet HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you can't have the Torah without that. That's what he says. And that's what we're doing at the Seder. We're celebrating our seaport. That's what I want to say. And I was going to, I don't want to go on, but there's so many riots to this, that's, that this concept of, of sometimes we're inspired by people and we think we're supposed to copy them. I was speaking about this with Yaakov Kalish the other day at the Suda. And he was saying, what do you mean? But, but you're inspired by something, maybe the Chitsonius or the Panemius, etc., etc. You have all those, all those Mamarim that say that. And I was thinking, no, you don't, you don't copy something that you're inspired by. You don't copy something you're inspired by. You're inspired by it. You, you, what you're supposed to do, and it doesn't mean you're not supposed to push yourself sometimes. Of course, you're supposed to go out of your comfort zone. But you're supposed to go out of your comfort zone where you are, from where you are, from in here, not copy other people. I always think of it like I always think of it with when it comes to working out. You're inspired by someone who could lift many, 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 many more pounds than you. It doesn't mean you do that. I'll just do that, and eventually I'll become him. That's stupidity. Of course not. You're inspired by him, but you lift the amount that you know is a little bit more from you, a little bit more than you could do. And that's what I think. There are many rises, but I'm, I'm going to end here. But that, that's that's what I wanted to share with you. This idea. This is what I think is the theme. This Pasach Hashem Allah Pesach. That we don't even need the Pesach on that night. It's us, pure us, with every aspect of us, down to what food we like, down to what basketball team we like. Every single detail of us, Hashem put that all those details together to meet the Torah, and only you have all those details, only you have your story. And Hashem made that through the Torah, from the Torah. The deepest level of us is the Torah. The, 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 the Svarim say that every part of us, the, the deepest level of us is an os in the Torah. And that means our job is to take every detail of us and bring that to the Torah. Bring the Torah to us. And if we don't do that, then we're denying that Hashem that, that, we, that Hashem is in those places. We're denying that Hashem is in those places, the places that seem dark. The places, the part of our, our, of our story that we want to we wanna forget about. Every single detail of the story has, is us. Is us. That's what makes us up. And that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to share with you. Shkoah. Remember, we're continuing around the base medrash with this in the middle of the spots. The front of the base medrash is a shear that Nachi's star was made in the start of the shear, one of the original Almeida, but a shear of guys that are approached to all the Kabur of guys that are very, very united and connected and surround the Rebbe. It's an honor to hear the Rebbe from Rebbe Kaf. When Rikelis asked us last night to try to, to share a few things, so there were two topics that were given. And I just want to make an observation, just something that I've noticed just in the room just now. Now, this is, I'm breaking a rule of public speaking. I don't know if this counts as public speaking, because we're all friends here, but in general, as a rule of public speaking, you never say, so you never say something that you thought of on the spot. Because if you respect the crowd, you're prepared for this. You don't say, like, oh, I just happened to tell you something that came off the top of my head. So that's, and I'm breaking a rule right now because we're all friends, that the, the two topics were 
preparing for Pesach and, and Ben Azmanim. And I'm just been noticing how I don't think anyone, any Rebbe so far, has spoken about each one distinctly because it's the same idea. It's that, like Rebbe was saying, that there's a Zman is a time that where I have something, where I am, where, where, I, where I am, that's the only time that matters. This is where I am. So Pesach is the Zman that we're in now. And so an idea that we've been discussing and share over the last couple of weeks and it's an idea that I, we've, I, I've heard many, many times in my life, but Baruch Hashem, I had this this year of discussing it with some incredible people, and that's helped me get to, I think, understand it and feel it in a way that I never did before. So I, I first of all, thank you to those guys, and to, I think we, it's a schuss for all of us to get this clarity that we've managed to get together as a group. It's something that's changed my yomtiv. It's changed my benazmanim so far. Uh, not so far, but my lead up to benazmanim so far. The idea of Silverman was mentioning of cheros. So there's a, a very famous, a well a publicized vart. They said ain ben chayin el mishiyasik The only freedom is someone who's isaac and tyra. So classic question is that. Anybody who has learned any halacha knows that there's very little freedom. When, if you're describing halacha, you'd say, it's beautiful, it's amazing, but there's not necessarily freedom. When you tell give, have halachas of how I'm supposed to take a shower, that doesn't exactly exude freedom. I'd say it's, it's, a, it's amazing, but freedom is not the word I would use. So the pshat that's said often is that it's freedom from my Yitzhahara. So it's a, it's a nice idea and it's a nice concept. Always, I still, it still never resonated with me just because... I would say it, I, it's a different, it's a di- different avdos. I'm being mishabed myself to something else, and it's worth it. When you get married, you wouldn't describe it as freedom. I'm giving up a certain amount of freedom because it's worth it. There's something way better. Freedom is not that dull be all. There's other things that are worth it. I'm willing to give up a part of myself because there's something that I'm trying to get to, and this is something that I can connect to. It's way better than just than just being free. But that's not what Chazal claimed. And the idea that we've we've come together as a chabura, this is something that that has has hit me and it's helped me understand a lot of my experiences over the years. Is that when we describe freedom, that, so the the, the they say, what does that mean? Freedom from the eight Sahara. Means that we all have things that we look back in our life that I, I really wish, or, or currently, that I'm actively going through, that I wish I was not steeped in, or I wish I wasn't, I wasn't connected to. And yet there are, we, we find ourselves back there. That uh, there are times where I do things that I don't, that I don't want to do. So when we talk about it in terms of the Sahara, that's kind of the boogeyman. That's, there's this evil part of me, the dark side of me. So we talked about the idea that I could connect to, to, to Godless. I could connect to reality. I, could, I have the freedom to make decisions to, about what's actually, what I actually want. We all want to connect to happiness. We all want to connect to meaning, to reality. And we have that capacity to connect to reality. That it's a Zman Chayrusenu, that we went free from Mitzrayim because it's a Zman Chayrusenu, not the other way around. That we are in a time where we have the capacity to connect to things that we weren't able to connect to before. But that's a freedom in the sense that I could make a decision purely with my logic, purely with what I honestly believe is good for me, which will make me happier person. Will give me a, 
it give you a connection to reality, to meaning, to, to actual simcha, to actual life. So a guy asked a brilliant question. He said, if, if this is, my whole idea is that I'm trying to connect to reality. Is that, and the ability to push away the Yitzhahara, the ability to, that I can, I can think for myself, that I can own my own life, I can own my own journey. So then, so then what do we need Tzivuyim? Show me reality, and of course I'll chase after it. Why do I need a tziva? Why do I need Gehenim for it? Well, he says, there's always this thing hanging over my head about Gehenim. And the idea we talked about, is, it's, I, I don't know much about Gehenim. I know that there is no fire. I know that there's nothing up there. There's no fire up there. It's, so what, what Gehenim is, there's a lot of... But an idea I saw from Rav Dessler, which, which actually I had the schuss of learning this with Rav Shapiro, going on 10 years ago. Uh... Eight years ago, me and you learned this 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 uh, this sort of desolate together. He describes this as when a person goes up, when a person goes to Shemaim, what comes with you? What are you? He says the essence of you, who you are, purely goes with you. So he says the description. He says Adam Huma What matters to you the most? What you care about more than anything that defines you. That's who you are. If you want to know who you are at your core, you look at yourself and ask yourself, what matters to me the most in the world? So when we sit down and we describe, we try to go take a, take a Zman and bring it into the next, the next period of time, the next Tekufa in our life, we can look at all the things that we're doing and all the things that we've done. But when we boil it down, when we ask ourselves what we're taking with us, we're not taking actions because we're not trying to do big things. We're trying to be big people. We want, we're taking who we are. The, and the ability that we have in this tukufa of life is not just to do bigger things. It's not to go home and to show, show my parents everything that I've done. It's to show them who I am. Show them what matters to me. To show them what I care about. The things that I've ingrained and embodied. That this is, this is the, the person is different. And what Pesach does is that the whole year we, we work on things. What we have the capacity to do is to, one of the biggest things that I've gained. The guys who come back who have come back from marriage to show could tell you this. When you, I, I've had people that I've met in my life who are amazing people who have shown me a lot of big things. There are very few people, a handful of people in my life that showed, that showed me a different world, that they're living in an alternate reality. They're living in a world that Hashem is in your world. Hashem is part of your world. And when we describe appreciating the small things, the small battles, the Rabbi Zon was talking about appreciating every one of my challenges, that could only exist in a world that God's a reality. Because the whole world is, we're, we're looking at what people are doing. You could only exist, you could only appreciate the subtleties and the unique battles that exist to you that could only exist in a world where there's Hashem. Because that can only exist in a world where there's another, where there's deeper things than what I see. You have to believe. You have to understand that that what you're taking with you is not necessarily going to be something that people are going to wow. But you understand that what you've changed yourself into, what you care about, is different. You're going to understand that when you're sitting at home with your people, that the same people you were with before, that they might not, they might not, they will see. By the way, it's it's it. They, but even the things that they can't see, you know that what you care about is different. When you wake up, now even though the struggles might look the same, sometimes they do, many times they don't, but many times the struggles even look the same. But my attitude towards that struggle, my, the pain I feel because of that struggle, the, the will to not, that, that, that I want something different, the fact that, that's the, that, that my thought process has changed, 
one of the most difficult parts, I would say, of, of this year, when I'm talking to a father recently, being able to describe to a father the fact that your son's thought process is different is hard because when someone's not here, it's not always easy to see. When I was talking to someone and saying, he said, you know, he's still doing A, B, and C. He's still not doing A, B, and C. It's true, but he's thinking completely differently. And that's the truth. That's a world of MS. That's a world of reality. And what Ravdes, I said, was described, I said, I don't know about Gehenna, but one thing I could tell you, he describes this as going up to the next world. And you spent your life connected to small things. I don't know what Gehenna is, but I know living in a world where there's truth and reality and I'm connected to small things. That's the most painful thing I can imagine. The punishment for being connected to small things is that now you're connected to small things. I don't, I don't know what else is going to happen to you up there. I know that if you spent your life chasing fireflies and now you go to a place where there's no fireflies, so you're toast, man. Right? It's not about what the fire while you're getting spit roasted or whatever. I know that when you've spent your life chasing after godless and real big things, massive things, and there are people, Yiddishkeit could be, could be boxed in like this. But when we spend our life chasing reality, real honesty, and you could get to the world and all the silliness and all the draperies and all the, the acts that we put on our whole life just goes away and it's just you and reality. And you can live in that world. That's what I could imagine as Elam Haba in my small mind. One of the I had an interesting experience I had a few years ago. I was working in a camp and... Um, I was walking, my job was, they, they gave me a very nice title, they called me the Night Mashkiach. That was a very nice title for, you're the guy who had to get guys into bed, which, as I, I, I'm still working on my five-year-old, so a bunch of teenagers didn't work so well, but I was walking around, my job was from 12 to 2 a.m., and I was walking around, it was actually on this campus, it was a camp that rented here in the summer, and I was walking around the dorms, and I walked in, and the guy, so we're having a big debate, I'm like, okay, Gishmak, let's go. So I asked them, I said, what's going on? So they're arguing, they said, what do you hold about, they're asking a certain restaurant. Uh-huh. They said the question was Thursday night. If a guy goes to this restaurant, you know they're, they're, they had a rashiva, so had a machlekes. So whether you should go to this restaurant or not Thursday night. That's a good question. I said, what, what's the? Let me hear that stadim. So guys, betul zman. It's a good. It's a good point. So why is your so betul It's a good argument. It's a good. It's a good discussion. Betul is important. I said, but we're starting at the ninety-nine yard line. I said, let's start from the beginning. There's a god. Now there's a God that you have the ability to connect to. There's a God that gave you a speci- that gave you tools, and there's an avenue that you have the ability uniquely to connect to Him. And you are the purpose that the world exists because of your ability to connect to Him. Because of that, you are massively important. Because you're massively important, your time is massively important. Now we could discuss Bittel's mind, but let's get all that out of the way first. Let's let's build up to that. That's big things. And as a, a pyramid, lens it eventually ends up as small things. But you could spend your life on small things without a foundation, without a building blocks. One of the biggest chosim I've had to be a part of a yeshiva like this, where there's reality and massive, massive things being discussed on a daily basis, real things. So whether it's in Yiddishkeit, whether it's in our own lives, whether it's with our friends, whether it's however, whatever, even with our families, the biggest thing you could take with you is you, who you are fundamentally. And the things that we've gotten this man, not the things that we do dif- differently, but who we've changed into. <coughs> and uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this, just a one of my favorite Pesach Mishlei, which I think is is indicative of what I think most of Yiddishkeit is about. 
the Torah. The pasuk says Yitzvah Yisharim. Toshia Taira is reserved for Yisharim. Magen laholche time. It's a shield for people who are walking in a simple way. Tamimus. So there's different Rishon had different pshatim on that. The Gra describes a holche time. He says, quotes the Gemara. He says Mesim Atzmei They put themselves on a path and they they go. They do their job. Bill Belichick style. They go. They do. They have one job focused. They do their job. They don't go right or left. They do what they're supposed to do. He says, so God does them a massive favor. He says, he makes Tyra as a mug in for you. We shield you in. We box you in. Because if you ever go off your track, you're toast. Because it's not who you are. It's what you're doing. So the second you're out of your comfort zone, the second you're out of your bubble and you're isolated, so it's not reserve, It's not who you are. It's what you're doing. So mug in. Let's protect you. Let's keep you safe. Yitzvah and Yisharim Tzafan, it's reserved in your heart. The Gros says, Yitzvah and Belev, it's put into your heart. Tosh, Torah is reserved for Yisharim. He says, a Yashar is somebody who is Das and his Midas are based on the Torah. That's who you are. It's not what you're doing, but it's fundamentally what I care about. It's what matters to me. Is that I live in a world where actual real growth and sincerity actually matters. And I can live in that world. Is that's what Torah is reserved for? He says, that person, that person, it's impossible to fall. do not say you won't fall. It's not possible because even falling, I'm living in a world of growth. So even falling, now there's an Avaida in front of me that what does falling do? Where do I go from falling? There's no such thing as falling because every step in front of me is what do I do now as a growing person? That I am a person who's focused on, and looking for reality always. We, after the Seder, when we're sitting by the Seder, we sit through a Magad, we sit through Shulchan we take care of our bodies, or Shapiro saying we have to take care of our bodies, and the next step is Tzafun, Yitzvah Belev, put it into your heart, make it who you are. Don't lose sight, and don't get caught up in, in, in the outside, and, and what, and either what people say, or what, even what we think about ourselves, the superficial draperies that we could put on ourselves, and they're good, and they're important, and it's good to, to be able to see accomplishments, but never let those accomplishments overshadow when you understand, when you think sitting alone in your room at night, and when you understand the way that your thought process has changed, even things that haven't resulted yet, haven't manifested itself yet, but I'm living in an alternate reality. I'm living in a reality that there's a God in the world where we can talk about restaurants, but what matters is that you're someone whose time is important. When we're living in a world of actual, real reality, that there's a me and there's Hashem, and there's something that I'm trying to get to. I want to live in that world. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. I think that was this this Chabur, this Yeshiva, and by extension, not even extension, it's, it's a disservice to call it an extension. The guys who have come back this year now to see people who it's it's we've this yeshiva has been an announcement to the world it's changed my life being here for the past couple of years that to to be in a world of sincerity of reality that rebbe was saying and this is something we've learned from rebbe this to live in a world of of reality it's something that as the world gets less and less real hold on to it and the biggest thing we could say when go to your families you go home to show them, a guy, a guy asked, Rabbi was saying that the amount you could give to your families when you yourself are growing. So he says, how does that affect your family? Because when sincerity bleeds out, mashpia, he says, shipoy is a, is, a, is a slanted roof. Rabelsky told me this years ago, when we were working, I was working in a camp, Rabelsky said that, he says that mashpia is called, is that it flows off, a shipoy is a slanted roof that it flows off naturally. The things that you'll be able to impact the world, the people, is what flows off you. What flows out of this room is sincerity, is reality. Sincerity is, I I would make a little change to that, it's just reality. It's real. 
And in a fake world, when people see reality, they're drawn to it. They're they're wowed by it. And I have this. I think we all have this chos to be in a, in a yeshiva that has exuded that, has changed the world because of that. And as a shem, we should be like, let's go home and change our families. You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Mara Mekaymas on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.